and happy Friday to you. This is the Agent Survival Guide podcast, and you're listening to the Friday Five, which is our list of five things that happened this week that you should know about. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and we are kicking off preparations for the annual enrollment period. Let's get started where we usually begin with number one. In their final rule for contract year 2023, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, our friends CMS, created a new requirement for all agents and brokers who are considered third-party marketing organizations. And to define that again here, CMS considers TPMOs to be, quote, organizations that are compensated to perform lead generation, marketing, sales, and enrollment-related functions as a part of the chain of enrollment, end quote. The new rule requires sales calls with beneficiaries be recorded in their entirety, including the SOA and plan presentation. We've been getting a lot of questions on how to best go about fulfilling this requirement here at Ritter Insurance Marketing, so we hear you. This was the most asked question from Craig's State of the Senior Market presentation this year. We're in the process of working with a third-party partner who can securely record and store marketing calls started from a client's record in the Ritter platform. I've mentioned this here many times, but I want to make sure I mention it again. Registration for and use of our Ritter platform CRM is completely free. It takes just a few minutes to complete that signup and then you're ready to go. You'll have access and be able to use this brand new feature as soon as we launch it. So if you haven't signed up, step one is to fill out that registration, get started with our tools, and get comfortable with the platform. One of the things I love about the Ritter platform and agent dashboard is that we have so many video tutorials that show you how to use the platform to its full functionality. So get signed up, get started, and take the time now to load your clients who will be getting benefit reviews this AEP into that system. That way, when the new functionality becomes available, you're familiar with the system. Your clients have been ported over and you're ready to go. We will have the link to register in our notes. And we will also have a link to one of those videos that shows how to add clients in the Ritter platform. For that second link, though, you must be logged in. So again, take care of that today. There's no cost. It's really quick. And then you can test drive our features out during what's left of June and July before things really start ramping up for AEP. And of course, keep listening to our podcast for more information on that sales recording solution. If it's breaking news and important, we're talking about it here in the Friday Five, if not in an episode dedicated solely to that topic. Number two. As I mentioned, annual enrollment period preparations have begun, and this week, both AHIP and NEHU Medicare certifications for contract year 2023 are now live. AHIP's certification went live on Monday morning with a fresh new look for 2023, 
Nehu's certification came online Wednesday. And just a reminder that you'll want to check to see which carriers accept Nehu certification before you choose to go that route. More and more carriers are being added to that list each year, but you want to make sure you have that information ahead of time. Both sites have their list of reasons as to why you should pick their certification, so check through those lists, weigh the options, and make your choice. Either way, we recommend getting that certification out of the way as soon as you can, because There are more trainings from the carriers that will follow, and that way you won't feel so bogged down by all the trainings and certifications you've got to complete. Start early, get those trainings crossed off, and maybe make a plan to get two or three done each week. That way you can turn it into a much more manageable task, because we know you've got other work to do while you're completing those certifications. Number three. Along those same lines, as you're preparing for AEP, there's certainly a lot that happens this time of year. Certifications and contracting are just some of those tasks. We've got a webinar planned for next Thursday that you are not going to want to miss out on. The learning and development team here at Ritter will be discussing preparing for AEP with the Ritter platform during which they will talk about the tools we offer to our agents and tips on how to prepare for a successful AEP. They will also be debuting a brand new resource that we've been asked about many times. It's an AEP prep PDF, one page, and it lists all of the things agents need to do before AEP. That is a very handy resource to have, so you can make sure you're optimizing your chances of having a great annual enrollment period. We recently published an episode featuring two members of the learning and development team, Derek and Jake. So if you hop on that webinar and they sound familiar, that is why. If you didn't hear that episode, we will link to it in the notes, as well as the link to register for that AEP prep webinar. Number four, if you find that you've been getting lost in the procrastination station, well, you're not alone. In fact, 20% of men and women in the United States are chronic procrastinators, And that amount doesn't count the number of us who have procrastinated a task or two at times. But there are some ways that you can address procrastination. I came across an Inc.com article with five suggestions, some of which I was familiar with. But one really stood out, and it comes from an interview between Gary Keller and Tim Ferriss. Gary Keller is the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Keller Williams, and Tim Ferriss is that Tim Ferriss, the one with the podcast. And in their talk, well, they mention something called analysis paralysis and the idea of focusing on the one thing. So analysis paralysis is part of what contributes to procrastination. You've got so much stuff to do. It's hard to even know where to start, and this is something that I've suffered from but did not realize that it had a name. And we all know that we should focus on one thing at a time, but it's hard to do that because 
While it's easy to say, focus, complete the task, cross it off, and move on, there are some projects that just take much more time. In those cases, you set aside a certain amount of time to work on that project, either daily or weekly, but you block it off and kind of chip away at it. Even that's easy enough. But if you've got a few of those longer-term projects, and you've got a few of those immediate get-it-done-now projects, and you're not sure which one gets priority, it can be tough to determine what gets your attention and to not feel completely overwhelmed. So here's what Gary and Tim talked about in that episode on The One Thing. Take all of those tasks that you're overthinking, make a list of them, and then for each one of those tasks, ask yourself, how would you feel if that particular thing were the only thing you got done in a day? Would you be satisfied or not? Also ask yourself how progressing that task forward impacts some of your other tasks. Does it make them more or less important? Does it make them easier to complete? Choose one that you'll tackle that day and then put it on your calendar, two to three hours scheduled to work on that task. And then the last portion of that step is one that I know I forget. Realistically, I know that as much time as I give myself to work on a specific project, I'll either get sidetracked by other people or a distraction will pop up. Those things will happen, but the key is to deal with the distraction or whatever it is and then come back to that one task, the one thing, hence the name of the method Keller talks about. And in that episode, he and Tim Ferriss mentioned a lot of other productivity tips and ways of thinking, so I will be linking to the episode so you can listen to it for yourself or read through the transcript. There's also an infographic that's been created surrounding the one thing method, and there's the article from Inc.com that sent me down this rabbit hole of learning about the one thing, so all of those will be in the notes. Number five, Google News has a brand new look on desktop, and I'm liking it so far, but I'm still not used to it. It takes the old three-column design and turns it into a two-column version that scales for different desktop sizes, but is not optimized for mobile or tablet viewing. The section selections that were on the left have been moved to the top of the page like headers on other websites, and you can click on each of those to bring you to the respective news sections. And then scrolling down the page, we have a top stories tile that takes up two-thirds of the page with the three top stories and three headlines on each of those stories. On the right-hand side, the second column takes up the other third of the page, two tiles stacked on top of each other. First and foremost, local news, which is sad and hilarious at the same time since So many local news sources have been lost over the past few years. But if this feature can be a way to bring those sources back into prominence and maybe resurrect the ones that have held on, I am all for that. Below that, you'll see the Picks for You tile, so three headlines that Google thinks you'll like based on their data. And as you continue to scroll, you'll see your topics, 
This is where you can get into customization. You can choose between the remaining sections and where their tiles appear. So if you want to, say, put the health, business, and tech news sections at the top like I do, you can do that. And if you want to remove a section or two, you can do that as well. Below the traditional news section is an expanded for you tile, which are described again as being recommended based on your interests. And then below that, the fact checker, which has been expanded to include the headline, claim, and who completed the fact check. Finally, at the bottom of the page, a beyond the front page tile with notable stories and conversation starters. So yes, an exciting update. I like what they've done, but again, it will take a little bit of me getting used to this update. Rupel recommends. Recently, I've been taking a bit of a break from ice cream after tracking down all of those Little Debbie Hudsonville ice cream flavors. But then this headline hit my newly redesigned Google News Feed. Krispy Kreme debuts soft-serve ice cream in 10 markets. And yes, it tastes like donuts. So, couple of things here. One, I feel incredibly seen. This is a very relevant article for Google to have shown me, and that is still a little disturbing. Two, I've been waiting for TikTok to hit me with a recommendation like this, and it hasn't happened yet, so I'm a little salty about that. And three, why are there no Krispy Kreme stores near me? Now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, if I would have read about this news prior to the Little Debbie collab, I might not have thought that pastry-themed ice cream could so effectively capture and recreate a flavor profile. But that's just not true. Those ice creams do a fantastic job. And now I'm curious about what donut-flavored ice cream would taste like. In a twist, pun intended, every flavor of Krispy Kreme ice cream will use the original glaze-infused flavor as its base. Then the other flavors will be incorporated on top of that bottom note of donut. Ice cream will come in either cups or cones in original glazed, strawberry iced sprinkled, and chocolate iced. And then shakes will be available in original glazed, strawberry iced sprinkled, chocolate iced, lemon filled, cookies and cream, birthday batter, and coffee and cream. Now, before we wrap up this week's episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to Stu and Jerry Leventhal for all the love on LinkedIn. Thank you both so much. Really appreciate your help in getting the word out about the Agent Survival Guide podcast. And remember, if you like or comment on our episodes, we will see it and you will get a shout out here on the podcast. But that is all we have for this week's episode. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. 